Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast, a show dedicated to the storytelling that happens or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. Each episode is designed to inspire new ways and ideas to make your business better as we speak with the brightest minds in recruitment and HR tech. That's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup. This is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today, we have Otto on from Higher Road, and we'll be learning about the use case or the business case for why his customers and prospects choose Higher Road. So, Otto, would you do us a favor and introduce both yourself and Higher Road? Absolutely. So, first of all, absolutely my pleasure to be here with you, William, and really, I've been looking forward to this conversation. A little bit about me, I have a deep technology background. I spent about half my career writing code as a software developer, 20 years on the West Coast, a couple of years in the Bay Area, and about 18 at Microsoft, wearing about a dozen different hats there during my journey there. Moved back to the East Coast in 2010 to take on the challenge of building out HBO's video streaming service, which oh was, my God. Uh, okay. yeah, it was, a, it was a fun gig. And did that for about four years and grew that service into one of the top streaming services in in North America and then joined CA Technologies as their CTO to drive digital transformation and innovation in in that company. It was a a $4 billion enterprise enterprise software company. And that after that, where were they they based? Did they they were actually based in New York? Okay. uh, Okay. Headquarters in big thing here in Dallas, or there used to be a big office in Dallas. That's right. Yeah. You are correct. Global organization, lots right. of offices all over. But that after that journey, I joined actually this company, not as CEO, but as uh, one of the first independent directors for the company right. and did that for about a year and got to know the company and its mission and folks at the company. And when the founding CEO wanted to step down, I was asked to consider joining a CEO, which was very hard to say no mm-hmm. to because I loved what the company was doing, a, a bunch of the people, and it was very easy to say yes. And it's been a it's been a journey since. One of the things that's relevant to the story, yeah, which obviously impacted all of us, but certainly impacted the whole landscape of of hiring and talent management. Less than three months into the CEO role. The pandemic hit full force. The, the, all, all the lockdowns, like I was literally doing my meet everyone uh, a tour, and that came to a screeching halt. But so we we lived through those times as an organization, just as everyone else did. But it was it was certainly all of those events certainly informed how I and we as a company think about. Uh, think about talent and hiring and talent management and really started the ball rolling in in terms of what we announced just very recently. So the past, really the past three years have been all about building a solution that I and my team felt would really help organizations, in particular mid-sized organizations, be able to address their hiring and talent management uh, challenges in a unique way and in a way that certainly was shaped by our experiences with remote work and the pandemic, but also in a broader way, just reflect the direction that the future of work was headed 
anyway. And the pandemic really just accelerated some of the things that were already very much in flight. So when we when you use the word talent management, oh my goodness, 10 different people will have probably 10 different definitions of what talent management is today as opposed to maybe 10 years ago. What are you, because you've got talent acquisition that you're hiring, that you kind of split off from that, which some people include into talent management. No, it is what it is. Like, well, you can redefine <laughs> it any way you want to. Uh, that's, what, yeah, do you, that's... what do you consider talent management today? You know, so I think it's got a, 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 a two, two key components. And I'll just remark on, on what you just said about what we thought it was or what it looked like 10 years ago or 20 years ago. And the way I think about kind of the the way talent management was defined, let's say a decade ago, was much more transactional. There was a role and it had a bunch of checkboxes, a spec requirements, and the organizations would then look for individuals to, to fit that role. But I think of that, the, that process 10 years ago as being quite transactional meaning that organizations were looking for a specific specific checklist and either a candidate fit or didn't. Um, it was frankly not much focus on what a mutual fit <laughs> meant or would look like. And fast forward to today, I think especially with the younger generation of people in, entering the workforce or in, in the workforce, it's much more important now for that fit and alignment to be to be to be mutual. If people increasingly want to be part of something, that's yeah. You got salary benefits. You've got the the nuts and bolts of you know what a job entails. But the there's much more focus on fit, and not just from the organization side, from the individual side. And when you look at a typical job description, I'll take technology because it's my background, so it's easy for me to talk about, but we need a this level developer who knows X language and Y set of frameworks. And those, uh, in a real sense, those job descriptions, the classic job descriptions, they could be anywhere. Right. People are, are looking increasingly beneath that and say, no, who am I going to be working with? What is the culture that I will be joining? What is the purpose and mission of the organization? And those things are becoming much higher priorities. And ultimately, correctly so, because if you don't have mutual fit uh, and alignment between right. individuals in an organization and uh, the, the organization itself, you're not going to have a high-functioning workforce. You're not going to have a high-functioning organization. We we very much focus focus talent management on fit and specifically on outcomes. There are two two key pillars in behind that in terms of how we think of talent management. So one is the hiring platform that we build. So we don't we believe strongly that you know you can't really take a piecemeal approach to to the hiring journey. So we've integrated an applicant tracking system and an onboarding system and a learning management system mm -hmm. together as one, one integrated integral offering. Right. That So it's not talent management isn't just, as the expression goes, putting butts in seats. Right. It right. actually 
yes, you need to find people, but ultimately what matters is how well did they fit into the organization, how well they were supported and actually being successful from the individual's perspective, but also from the organization's perspective. We do think of, and as the higher road brand applies, we do think of hiring as a journey that is continuous. It's not a one event type of thing. On the flip side and back to outcomes, we also feel strongly that you need to focus on on what actually happens as part of as part of the employee journey, and that's why we're so excited to have an integrated analytics offering that we also provide that works with our hiring platform, but also works across a much, a much broader set of HR systems. But the goal there is to really provide insights into what's working well, where the gaps are, where there are areas of opportunity in in talent management. And obviously with the hiring journey is a huge piece of that. But let's say you hire a bunch of folks, like what I wanna know, did they were they successfully onboarded and engaged in their, in their jobs after let's say three months or, or six months? That's great. But I also want to know how do the you know how does a cohort or a, a certain population do over the course of multiple years? What right. are the trends that that are taking place? So really providing a, a deeper understanding into into what's happening with with people inside an organization rather than just the, the transactional pieces of that journey. Right. A few questions that I'm sure the audience is going to ask is okay. Do we have a specific industry or vertical market or geography or anything like that we're targeting? We believe that our solution is particularly attractive to verticals or industries where there's high turnover, specifically because we've got onboarding and a learning management system integrated into the solution that can really accelerate the and shorten the amount of time required for somebody coming into a new role to get up to speed, get engaged, be given the tools to learn the skills that they need if there are new skills that that are required or certifications that are required for a particular for a particular role. That said, our solution is, is certainly can be applied to to any industry. So yes, we've got to focus on on manufacturing and retail, for example. But we're not we're not vertical specific in that sense. It just right. happens that we're a particularly good fit for high turnover, which is contiguous to hospitality, retail, correct, convenience correct. store, correct. even healthcare, hourly healthcare. That is correct. Uh, on the analytics platform solutions side of the equation, there. It's all comers. It's a great solution for literally any vertical, any any organization that is struggling to understand and get a big picture view of their HR data. And for that matter, we can also integrate into business systems. So you can start connecting the dots between what how your people processes are working and and business outcomes, which is ultimately what. what organizations are trying to achieve is how are we as an organization performing? Right. I hate, so I'll just tell you, I hate categories of software because I think that it's just kind of a stupid kind of a system. (laughs) However, HR and recruiting budgets are 
built in Excel, generally speaking. So there's a row and a column and all that stuff. So where do, where do folks put you right now? Like where do they, because you know, you've obviously with the ATS onboarding, LMS and analytics, calling that something, but any of those, right. they could take budget out of any of those places, employee experience, talent management. I could see being <laughs> classified or misclassified about 90 different ways. So what's, how do they do, how do they categorize you now? And if you could, how would you like to be categorized? Yeah, that's a great question. And categories, as you say, it's definitely a dual-edged, dual-edged sword. And it's actually one of the things that we've been challenged with, frankly, is we don't fall neatly into the ATS category, the onboarding category, or the LMS category, because we've we've created an offering that yeah, that spans those things. The way that we we think about it is in terms of the customer adoption cycle. And many of our conversations and engagements start with start with the ATS, the applicant tracking system. Hey, I've gone through the the growth journey and I put in an HRIS system, but now I'm at a scale where you know I need to really operationalize our hiring processes. And the first thing that tends to pop up is I need an applicant tracking system, and that's great. It's a it's an opening, it's a starting point for for a solution. But that gives us the opportunity to have a a broader conversation with a customer that that at least on paper was was looking for an ATS. We could say right. that's great, but that's let's right. talk about what you're really trying to achieve, which is a hiring program, a talent acquisition program that that yields high success and. It's partially a, an education process for us to have customers start thinking about what successful hiring looks like and requires with a bigger lens. But at the end of the day, we're you know we're happy to to start that conversation around the ATS. We're happy to talk about onboarding if a customer already has an ATS, but I like they have a gap with onboarding, or and we're happy to provide an LMS if that's what they need, but. All of these are potential starting points for conversation around uh, conversations around looking at looking at that challenge more broadly. You know what I love about that is you meet them where they are, whatever problem that they're having at that particular moment. It's let's just start there, get to know each right. other, work, do some work together, see how everything goes, and and then we can fix other things if need be. Two things. One is your favorite part of the demo or your team's favorite part of the demo. When you get to this point, you show them something and it's just they're going to love it. What so there, there are two things that jump immediately to mind. We've got video interviewing slash questionnaire capabilities in our ATS, which is still a quite relatively rare uh, in the ATS market. Usually it's a it's yet another add-on tool that you have to add and integrate into in, into an ATS absolutely standard a part of our ATS because we believe that it should be <laughs> completely integrated with with the applicant tracking system and the hiring process, not not be an add-on. So it's a better user experience. It's more natural. It's certainly forward-looking in terms of how people are going to be looking at and applying to, to jobs. And it's incredibly cost-effective. So that 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 piece of the demo is super fun because it's it's a great capability. The user experience is fantastic and always lights up people's eyes. The other that that comes to mind immediately is 
demoing our analytics capabilities. Yeah. And there's so much uh, power around being able to visualize data that you know, is almost meaningless when you're looking at, at the same data through a bunch of disconnected disconnected spreadsheets from different systems. And all of a sudden you can actually start connecting the dots and the data's the data itself is visualized clearly, cleanly in a easy to understand and compelling way. And there are many aha moments when we do the analytics demo as well. I love that. Okay. Last question is questions that you would love practitioners to ask you. The one, and we've touched on it, but the one is, are we thinking about what successful hiring intelligence looks like the right way? And that's the conversation that I'm always happy to have. And to, to the point of your question, I think there's just so much focus on tools. And look, I'm a software technologist through and through, but tools, we can overfocus on tools and miss the forest for the trees. The right tool can absolutely be transformative, but don't focus so much on the tool that you lose sight of what you're trying to actually accomplish. And our other have cultural norm that the company is really just keeping the focus on outcomes. Because ultimately, that's the thing that matters. Love it. This has been absolutely wonderful. And I love what you've built, your team's built. And I can see why you went from the board to running it. It's just a wonderful place. Otto, thank you so much for your time. William, absolutely my pleasure. And thanks for everyone listening to the podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at recruitingdaily.com.